You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brentus Wealth, and Brentus Wealth is South Africa's top boutique wealth manager. With me from Brentus Wealth in Stellenbosch is Ruan Breard. Now, Ruan, you didn't send me an article, you just sent me one line that said, I want to talk about grey listing today because I've done some work on it. No one had heard of grey listing a year or two ago, had they? Yeah, no, Lindsay, you're quite right in saying that. I think it's been lurking in the waters for quite a while now, but it hasn't been, you know, in the public eye or in the news. It was only up until I think mid last year when the conversation came on the table and the possibility of a, of a grey listing. And even when it did become quite apparent and we read about it more often, there was still quite some kickback in the local markets on our shores. A lot of people, especially big asset managers in the country, indicated that they have a strong belief that we will not be grey listed. And I think, you know, obviously they were proven wrong. We had a strong conviction that we would be grey-listed in terms of what's going on in South Africa on the ground. And rightly so, it it turned out to happen. Yes, indeed. Let's get back to basics if we can, Ruan. Tell us what grey-listing is in layman's terms, please. Lindsay, yeah, to be quite frank, grey-listing is not a good thing at all. It's not a positive. It's pretty much an own goal from a country to end up on the grey list. And I think the company you share on the grey list is not where you want to be, especially if you try to regard yourself as an investment-grade country. And it's all to do with sort of financial services impropriety, isn't it? If that's the way I should phrase it. I mean, money laundering, not being strict enough on money laundering, maybe helping uh, terrorist groups or individual terrorists. It's quite a sad indictment of what's happening in South Africa for us to be put on a grey list, I think. Yes, you're quite right, Lindsay. Um, as you rightly mentioned now, the grey listing in terms of two aspects. The first is, as you said, terrorist financing and then also any fraudulent activities or fraudulent transactions. And that's where we came in the wrong, is on the fraudulent side. The biggest point I picked up in my research and the article I wrote last year before we were grey listed is that the main reason for us ending up on the grey listed by the, the FATF or the Financial Action Task Force was because there were no implementation of our rules and regulations and laws in South Africa. And you would quite often hear people say that South Africa has got one of the best judicial or law systems is worldwide. And I 100% actually disagree with that. And the reason why I'm saying that is we've got all the, the laws written down and we've got the structure set out on paper. But when it comes to implementation, there's nothing that, you know, that, that comes through. And that was one of the biggest reasons we were grey-listed is because the wrong people run around with money that they shouldn't have. And everyone in the public knows about it, but there's simply nothing done to it. And that was the big reason that we end up on the grey list. And that's also the biggest factor that they will have a look at in getting us of the grey list is only when we start to see implementation. Okay, so we've got the rules and the infrastructure in place, but we just don't apply the rules and the infrastructure. It's like a lot of these government meetings. I'm not knocking the South African government too much, but I will say that you often get governments sitting around at a Lakotla or at an Indaba or something like that, and they come out with all these things. We're going to do this, 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 and this, and they go home feeling all good about themselves, but then nothing happens afterwards. Same with grey listing. 
Exactly, Lindsay. You will always read there's some sort of investigation team put out or some sort of committee to look into the situation, but you never really read about something that happened to one of these guys. If you take, for example, you know, one of our former presidents, Jacob Zuma, or even Cyril Ramaphosa, or Marcus Uesta with Steinhoff, you know, the papers are full of the skeletons in the closet, and everyone knows there's enough proof to, you know, to, to put these guys either behind bars or, you know, put the penalty behind the name. But it simply doesn't happen. And that's, like I said, that's one of the biggest reasons why we end up on the grey list. And I can tell you that we will remain there if this does not change. Yeah, and the likelihood of it changing with all sorts of other matters to contend with, the likelihood of change is fairly remote at the moment, I think, Ruan. Let's get to the investment side of things now. What does it mean for us? I mean, I know the RAND has wobbled a little bit with the implementation of the grey list. But what does it mean for you and your clients at Brenthurst Wealth? Yeah, Lindsay, I think initially we saw a big knee-jerk reaction in local equity markets as well as the, the currency. The RAND has started to gradually depreciate from last year, October already. We had a strong, like I said, a strong conviction that that was the great listing being priced in already. In terms of capital flow and those kind of aspects, we don't expect the grey listing to have such a big impact on that. It will definitely not have a positive impact, but I don't think we'll see initial capital flow. What I could pick up with my research was that the longer we remain on the grey list and we don't make a plan to get off the grey list, then we will see a lower valuation or lower rating in our investment grade. That's when you will start to see uh, capital flowing out of the country because of uh, lack of investors' confidence in South Africa. And when you have a look at firms or companies such as Prentis and our clients, how it will affect us on a daily basis is that, you know, in, in effect, the wrong people will start to pay the price in terms of administration and additional checks, additional, you know, compliance requirements, which will inherently have the effect that costs for a company will, will start to increase. And unfortunately, that cost will have to be absorbed by the end consumer or the end client at the end of the day because of all these requirements that will be put in place. The financial industry in South Africa is already quite, I don't want to say over-regulated because mm. there's no, it, it, the regulation is, is, is you know, it's a, it's a positive aspect in our industry, but it will get down to a point where it is actually over-regulated because these regulations cost time and money. And like I said, unfortunately, there will be additional requirements and additional checks and additional paperwork, which will increase the cost to service client. And unfortunately, the cost will, you know, will have to be absorbed by the client at the end of the day. Yes, it seems a little bit disproportionate the way that the financial services client, whether it be Brentist or anyone else, because I, I have a regular commentator and you'll know him well, I won't mention his name, but he says it's so difficult to set up a new account. And particularly if they want to uh, invest money legally, of course, overseas, you have to know where the money came from, as what the US authorities will say. And it goes on and on and on. And it's it's in South Africa as well. It's very, very difficult. I mean, if I phoned you up and said, I've got a few Bob lying around, Ruan, can I open an account? If you sent me all the paperwork, I'd probably say, you know what, I'm just going to stick it under the mattress. I know that's an extreme reaction, but it does seem that it's very, very difficult to do business. Yes, no, you're 100% right, Lindsay. And I actually see these things that you mention now on a daily basis with our own clients. Um, you, you tend to make good progress with the client. The, the client is very interested in the conversation. You know, the conversations has been had and the client is ready to pull the trigger. But 
once you start implementing the paperwork and the aspects around it, then you start seeing clients either losing interest or not up to the task and, you know, saying, you know, I'd rather leave it. They don't have the time for now. And, you know, once those things get put on the back burner, it seldomly, you know, gets pushed through at the end of the day. So it's a bad impact on us, on our end clients as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad thing. So one set of people are being really assiduous in the way that they go about their business and the other people, the ones that the grey listing is trying to expose, are doing nothing about it whatsoever. Okay, so what's the end game here? You just have to carry on and put up with it, Ruan. Yeah, that's basically it for the moment, Lindsay. We often got the question as to what can the financial sector per se and the relevant role players in the sector do to get us off the grey list, meaning firms or companies such as printers or asset managers or whatever the case may be. But like I said, unfortunately, there's nothing that we can do at the moment to get us off the gray list. We are already over compliant and, you know, ticking all the right boxes. It's unfortunately out of our hands. So at the end of the day, for, for us for now, we have to keep our heads down and follow through and, you know, just do our work, whether it's, you know, placing an additional cost burden on us. But we will have to get off this gray list as soon as we possibly can. Otherwise, these things will have a detrimental impact on our entire industry and also on our economy, you know, from an investment rating perspective. Many people don't know this, but Mauritius were actually also grey listed a couple of years back yes. and it took them about less than two years to get off the grey list. But this is the thing that most people don't know. They had a dedicated task force team who worked on this problem and to get them off the grey list for six days a week and it still took them around about two years to get off. I don't see the seriousness in our fears at this, at this moment. It's very interesting chat, Ruin, and we'll explain, but uh, sad at the same time. Sad and interesting. Let's hope things do get better at some point, but I don't think the priority is for getting off the grey list from Mr Ramaphosa and his team of ministers. Anyway, thanks again, Ruan. Ruan Briard is from Brentos Wealth, and that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.